0: Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Chasing Heroin. So you guys got a, a solo cast with me today and I had an idea for something I was going to talk about and then I had an idea yesterday to post a story on Instagram asking you guys what you would want to hear and I got some great ideas and I got some great suggestions and none of them were what I was going to talk about. So it's a good thing I asked because I don't know if anybody would have been interested in what I was going to talk about and I screenshot all of them so that I can get to all of them in the future. One of them, I think, is big enough I actually want to talk about with Kim, you know, talking with me about it, discussing it together. But the one that I wanted to talk about today is somebody asked, what do you do when someone that you love or your partner relapses, slips back into active addiction, was the actual wording? And I've been through a lot of that. I, I have a lot of experience with that. I've got three really specific... And and they were all kind of different. So it, it happened to me three times with people that I was with for years that I loved. They loved me. And then they relapsed and used. And the circumstances were different with all three. And I handled it differently all three times. And so this is not something I feel that anybody should give anybody advice on. No one knows the workings of your relationship. No one knows what happens behind closed doors. And you could ask somebody for their opinion if you want. But on this issue, like if you guys are going to ask me for like a journal prompt or how I do a daily routine, like I can give you some specifics. But this is one of those ones where I think that all I'm going to do here is rather than give any advice is simply going to share the circumstances behind my events and what I chose to do and explain my rationale, because I don't think it's right for anybody to tell somebody else what they should do in a relationship. I I just don't. And everybody's recovery is a little bit different too. And I made my decisions based on my concept of recovery and the recovery life that I want to live. So, so I'm just going to dive right in because I don't want this to be super long. I want this to be one that you guys can kind of just like jam through. First one would be Evan, obviously, right? Not his real name, as you guys know, not his real name. Evan and I, when we met, we were not in recovery. We were absolutely not people in recovery. We both had had issues in the past like that we were personally aware of, but we weren't like recovery people. Neither one of us had been to rehab. I had had to leave LA because I was doing too much coke up there and I'd gone to a couple of AA meetings here and there because people in my life told me I was out of control, but I was like, no, no way, no how going to be someone in recovery. That was not an option for me and that was not an option for him either. I think he did tell me at one point in the beginning that like he'd had an issue with pills and I told him that I'd had an issue with Coke, but it wasn't like, you know, we just weren't people in recovery. We weren't like rehab recovery people that were relapsing or anything like that. We were just living our lives. Both of us were working. I mean, you couldn't say that either one of us was really thriving. Like, you know, he he didn't have a car, was in some debt and I wasn't saving any money or anything like that, you know, but we weren't people that were relapsing on hard drugs. So We drank together a lot when we met. We would party if it came up. Like if he had pills, I'd do them. If Coke came around, we would like do it together. And we definitely drank together every night, sometimes a lot, sometimes a little. And that was just part of our relationship for a while, for like 18 months before at some point, and I know some of you guys know this, so I won't get into the details, but like at some point in our relationship, he got strung out on heroin. I don't really know when because I wouldn't have recognized the symptoms yet. Like I didn't know what that looked like. But he was on heroin. I found out there was a brief period of trying to help him before I ended up getting strung out also. And then we were like homeless together, going in and out of jail. That whole thing got really, really bad. And that was like my running partner, right? For my, my co-defendant for years. And then we were people that were in and out of rehab, relapsing on hard drugs. Everything had changed. So when we we both got into recovery at the same time, At the exact same time because we were homeless and my mom was helping both of us find places that's when I went to choices for the first time and he was waiting to get into a rehab but he got busted like the week before and ended up going to jail for like 90 days or something which I didn't know because I wasn't a blackout the whole time and didn't have a phone and my mom was just telling me he was in his program and doing well she eventually told me the truth but I think she thought that I would because a, a, another part about our relationship was it was one of those really, and if you guys my in my audience are, are addicts like I was an addict, I'm sure you'll relate to this. It was like that really toxic, you know. We used together. We, it, you know, you know what it was like. It was like that, um, you know, the video for "Love the Way You Lie" the Eminem and Rihanna video, like that was our life, and we called it love. And just, like, I'll burn this motherfucker down with you in it. Like, you're going here with me. But then at the same time, if he went to jail, I would drop everything to get him out. I would give up my own car. I would pawn my own jewelry. Like, I would run full sprint. I remember one time I saw a cop approaching him, and I just dropped everything and ran full sprint across the parking lot trying to stop them from from getting him just screaming at the top of my lungs, which, of course, got me arrested. And the cops knew of us being together and... You know, just your run-of-the-mill tweaker version of Bonnie and Clyde, right? That that couple that's using, that's just out of their fucking minds together, but they're in it to the death, right? Like, that was us. So in her defense, I can understand why she didn't tell me he was in jail. I think she thought I was going to leave choices and try to go bail him out, which I, I maybe would have done. And then at some point, I stabilized. He was really close to getting out, and she told me. So I was there. I got into sober living, He got into a sober living and I was not committed yet to being in recovery. I truly believed at that point that once I detoxed from heroin, that I wasn't a real drug addict. You guys have heard me talk about this. And I don't want to speak a lot to his mindset because I don't really know. But I do know that he was not interested in being in recovery. Like He didn't want to be someone that was going to 12-step or being abstinent. That was not something he wanted to do. He didn't want to be homeless anymore, but he didn't want to be a 12-step guy. And I want to throw in a disclaimer here too that I didn't know for a long time that there was any other type of recovery. All I've ever known about, really until I started doing the podcast, was 12-step recovery. And I've since learned, you know, harm reduction, canna recovery, smart recovery. There are other ways to do recovery, but, but I didn't know this at that time and, and neither did he. So to me, what I thought of recovery was total abstinence, you know, AANA meeting, sponsorship, that whole deal that that's what I looked at for recovery. And I knew he didn't want to do that, but we were like trying to do it. You know what I mean? Like I look back and I'm a little sad for like us at that time because we loved each other and we cared about each other, but we were just like a train wreck and we had no shared values. We were from totally different places and everything was just so hard. Like we didn't get along about anything. Like, I don't even know how we were together for so long. We were together for like four years and I don't even know how we made that work because it was just like fighting. And at one point there was a protective order against me towards him, like, cause I had a DV charge, just like that kind of relationship. So we're in sober livings. We're trying to do good. I relapsed on my own and he did too. And I remember we were in, and because we were in sober living, we had to get like motel rooms to spend the night together. We were in a motel room and I thought maybe he was using, and I went in his shorts and I found a straw and I was like, and I asked him about it. And I remember our reactions were actually really different. I, sa- I, was, I was like happy. I was like, oh my God, I've been hiding from you that I'm using, but look, like you're using too. And I thought he was going to be happy about it, but he wasn't. He was actually really kind of sad and said, this is not a good thing. And I was like, I know it's fine. It's fine. But now that we're in it, we're in it. And we started using together again, just, uh, just balls to the wall, like, you know, going for it left rehabs, blah, 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 proceeded to have a horrible year. We got arrested together like five more times. We ended up getting arrested for that, you know, the, the robbery in the end and all that, all that stuff. Now that time when I went into rehab, I desperately wanted to be a person in recovery. So a year had passed since my first trip two choices. And I was now really, really, really scared. And I wanted to stop and was having a hard time stopping. And my entire outlook on recovery had changed. I really enjoyed going to meetings, doing step work. I was desperate to save my life. And he moved. And I was supposed to go move with him after I talk Some of you guys have heard this story. But I was asking, like, are you going to meetings out there where he had moved to? And, you know, it was like, no, of course not. You know, there was no, you know, like, there just no, It was not part of his life. You know, he was like, I moved, like, I'm fine. And I was getting more and more into recovery. And as crazy as the thing started, it ultimately just took a slow death fade out where over the next few months, because at first he was saying that he was clean out there, but then I like ran into a connect of ours who said that he'd been asking him to send him heroin like in the mail and send needles. And and so I was like hearing stuff like this, obviously. And, and two, you know, you guys know, you know when someone's clean and sober, right? Like you know when somebody's fucking around or not. And I was pretty sure he wasn't like trying to be clean or sober and it wasn't his, he didn't even want to do that. And over the coming months... Our, we just started talking less, and he was using, and it wasn't a part of my life. And so in that instance, I moved into recovery. He chose not to be in recovery. And it just – that was when I decided that I really wanted to be somebody in recovery. And when I say recovery again, I mean 12-step. That was all I knew about it at the time, like, you know. And – It clearly wasn't going to be a part of his. And I made the choice to end that relationship ultimately. Again, it was just sort of a slow burnout, which is crazy because it started with a fucking bang. I'm sure, obviously, just because he didn't live here. But it just burned out and he chose the lifestyle of not being in recovery. I won't make any other assessments about his lifestyle because I honestly really don't know. But not a recovery lifestyle. And that's when I decided, you know what, I want I want to be with someone that's like in recovery. So that was the first time that somebody was using. I wasn't. And I made that choice. It was a little bit made for me because he moved. But I was a little bit relieved. I was a lot relieved, actually, that I wasn't going to have to, you know, struggle and, and fight with him on that. The second, The second time that this happened was a little bit harder. So... I met a guy in recovery this time. Before I was with Skylar, I, I had a boyfriend for the first, you know, few years of my recovery, actually, who was like a really big part of my life. And again, not his real name. We're gonna call him Tim. When I met Tim. I had relapsed and he had a few months and he was super serious about recovery. He was in drug court and he was all about it. Like, not just because he had to be, but because he wanted to be in recovery. He also had been homeless, heroin addict, like really bad. And he was like doing recovery. He was like taking the bus to this job that was like an hour and a half away. And it was like long hours and it was in food service. It was tough. And he was fucking doing it like he was on his game with recovery. And we met and we were seeing each other, but I was still using a little bit and he got really clear with me. He was like, look, dude, I'm, I'm taking this fucking seriously and I'm not going to hang out with you if you don't. And that's that. And I liked him enough. This is the doghouse time. This is when I was living in that sober living before I ended up in the doghouse. I liked him enough that when I left the doghouse, when I went to my friend's house to detox, he was actually a really big part of that which i which i don't talk about but he was a really positive influence for me at that time and we were texting each other the whole time he's the one that told me to start watching game of thrones you guys have heard me talk about that so many times and he was super supportive while i was detoxing and i got back and we were we were dating even though we were newcomers and we weren't supposed to you know that's another reason why i don't tell anybody what to do because in this instance it's actually it actually really helped me and benefited me and there are AA old timers that would just like roll in their graves if they heard me say that. But like, that's my truth, right? He was super committed and it really helped me in the beginning. Newcomers helping each other. And we had a friend and the three of us would go to meetings together all the time and uh, kick it and recovery was really important to all three of us. And we really thrived. So first few years were good. But then he started doing shit that was concerning, like, you know, in drug court, he would have somebody call his steps in for him. Like he wasn't really doing them anymore. He wasn't as committed. And I saw that stuff and it was concerning, but I really cared about him. And so, and also he was the one that had been doing better, not me. I was the massive fuck up. Everybody knows that. Janine chronically relapses. Like people told him, don't go out with me. Like people in in, uh, NA around here told him like, oh my God, do not fuck with that girl. She'll bring you down. Like people told him that, like I was the fuck up, not him. So I was kind of questioning Am I right? Like, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. Like, I'm the idiot. You know, I'm the one that can't ever do anything. I'm, You know, I'm lucky that he's even with me, you know. But over time, that stuff got, like, more and more noticeable. And And also during that time, my life started really progressing. I got a car. I moved out of sober living. I moved into my first place by myself. I was doing really well at the studio, the studio that I now own. I was experiencing real growth there. The owners were trusting me more. My clientele was building, like... My life was building. I got through, you know, I did all 12 steps. I was sponsoring and he wasn't doing any of that stuff. And again, I had decided that I wanted to be with someone that was doing 12-step recovery also and meditating and doing step work and cared about going to meetings. And it was just bothering me a little that he wasn't doing it. And sure enough, at about the two-year mark, um the details don't really matter but I I caught him using we were on the phone and he sounded like super fucked up and you know you guys know how it goes like this is the hardest part when somebody that you love relapses there's always that period of them lying and you like screaming and threatening to drug test them and it's just like horrible and you know we there was a night like that and he finally admitted it I was like okay that's it we're done And a week went by and I just felt like a real asshole because I cared about him and he was super instrumental in my recovery in the beginning. And I felt like that was something that I shouldn't really forget. So got back together, started hanging out again. And he was not doing any recovery stuff, you guys. Like he was not going to meetings. He was lying to me. He said he'd met with his sponsor. And this is the thing about getting dialed in in your community. Like I saw I saw his sponsor like a month after that and his the sponsor's wife was like, "Oh, we missed him. We haven't seen him in so long." And I was like, "Oh yeah, when was like I somehow asked her when was the last time she saw him and it had been like 6 months. Like he was full of shit. He wasn't doing any of that. He smelled like weed when I saw him and was claiming he was completely clean and sober. And again, We're not talking like the guy had gotten himself into canna recovery. There was no program. It's just like smoking weed until six in the morning, playing video games, missing work. Like not, so I'm not bagging on somebody using like marijuana maintenance to assist with heroin recovery. That's, that's not what this was. If that had been what that was, and if I had any education about that, I would have been open to that. But I, you know, that's not what he was doing. So I ended up breaking up with him completely because he just wasn't. And it was really sad. It was really sad. And this is, this is what I want to get across about both of these situations, both with Evan and Tim. I was very sad. I wanted a partner in recovery and I wanted them to want it for themselves because they're both good men. They're both good people, you know, and I didn't want to see either one of them suffer. I still don't, you know, I still don't. And he just wasn't going to do it. And I finally completely broke up with him. And it was like this horrible, like, mess. And he ended up relapsing really hard after that and being homeless again. And I'm not totally sure where he is now, which makes me really sad. Um, and again, that's what I want to emphasize. Like, we can really care about people that relapse. Like, To be totally honest, I, I wish he knew I ended up taking over the studio because he was a part of that. Like, he knew the previous owners – he'd be fascinated to learn that, you know, like how that would happen and, you know, like he was a good person and he was a huge part of my life and we got along really well. But again, my recovery and my desire to be with a person in recovery was really, really, really strong. And then, so that's what I did in both of those situations. I ended up breaking up with the person both times. It was painful and I didn't want to do it, but I did. Now the third time that's different And I asked him if I could talk about this, is my husband, Skylar. Skylar relapsed when we were together a few times in the beginning. And he relapsed while we were engaged, you guys. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, my God, are we still going to get married? Like, what should I do? And it was not an inconsequential relapse. Like, there were some definite consequences from it. Obviously, I stayed with him. Now we've been together five years and we're married. And I'm very happy that I made that decision to stay with him. And this is why I made a different decision this time. Neither Evan nor Tim, like Tim's program had fallen off, right? Going to meetings, talking to his sponsor. He never finished the steps, stuff like that. Evan never really had a program. He was not interested. Skylar has worked a strong program of recovery since the day I met him, right? When I met him, he was coming up on a year. He had worked all 12 steps, He had a sponsor. He was sponsoring other guys. He went to meetings all the time. He has a really, he has a um, spirituality. He does work spiritually with like surfing and the ocean. He's got like a spiritual connection there. That's part of his meditation. He was surfing all of the time. He did actual meditation also every single day and was bettering himself every day all the time, like super committed to just completely changing his life and working within the framework of recovery. Like that was obvious to anybody that met him, including me. So we got together and he's always been that way, right? Like changing his life for the better is a massive priority of his. Now he did end up, he slipped a few times before we got married, but both times immediately told his support group, told people around him, got back into meetings, got back into it right away. And went through another set of steps, started sponsoring again, like got back on the path of recovery. And so it didn't, it it wasn't even an option. Like I was never realistically going to like break up with the guy, you know, and people around me were telling me, don't marry him, like put this wedding off, put this wedding off. And that's why you got to be careful if you listen to people around you, because that's going to be people's immediate instinct. But he said something to me that really kind of changed my mind, which was, he said, look, I want you to stay with me. I want us to still get married. I love you. But if you don't, I'm going to be sober anyways because I'm not doing this for you. Like I'm a sober guy. This is my life. I just fucked up and I will be sober, like I guarantee. And i knew it was true and i thought what am i going to do cancel this wedding on principle and then a year from now the guy's got a year and i'm just like unmarried and heartbroken because i took a stand on some principle like that's not that's not what i want to do you know and i believe addiction is a disease a physical disease and it would be like, and this is very hard to look at in the moment. Believe me, I did not feel this way in the moment. I had friends around me, help me get here, but I was just really angry in the moment, right? Because all the same things happen, you know, like lying, dishonesty, screaming, and then finally somebody admits it and it's a whole fucking mess every time. Anytime somebody relapses in a relationship, a sober relationship, it's a fucking nightmare. I mean, that I've heard of. And all those things still happened. But if I believe, which I do, that addiction is a disease, it would be like if he were a diabetic and was not taking care of his diet, not attending to his diet, and had symptoms of his diabetes, you know, had some sort of flare up and got sick. And it's the same with this. And if he wasn't monitoring, you know, some part of his program, meeting, spirituality, whatever it was, and had a symptom of the disease again, that's what this is. And... The difference, again, between him and the other two is that he would immediately get back on track with maintaining his spiritual condition, his program, back to meetings. Like He's a guy in recovery. And often in recovery, relapses, they, they happen. I could relapse. And to write someone off who is trying because they relapsed once or twice is not in me it is not in me to see someone trying fuck up once for a week or two weeks or a month and then you're like oh they're done fuck them like that's if they're trying if they're trying it just wasn't in me to do that and by the way i'm really glad i didn't because we have a wonderful life together and again you know, and this was part of my decision too. He's literally constantly trying to make himself better. Like this man, you guys, let me tell you, this man, he got, he was having to work in Orange County for a little while, like an hour away from here and working out is a big part of his recovery for him. So he was getting up and he had to be there at six. He was getting up at 3.15 in the morning to go to the gym so that he could get a full workout in before he went to, you know, his labor job and came home and still being in recovery and calling his sponsor. Like, That's how hard he works all the time. Like we just have, we share those values, you know, like he's reading about like the stock market and he's trying to like, you know, he's just always looking for ways to make our life and my life better and recovery is super important to him. So that's how I ultimately made my decision. Not based on the mistakes, not like, oh my God, you fucked up, I'm done. But stepping back and going, Okay. Yeah. Okay. They made a mistake. I could make a mistake too. Do I think this guy like wants to be in a recovery life style with me? Do I believe that this person is committed to walking a spiritual path with me as we like grow old together? Do, do, do I believe that that's true? And in two of the cases, at least at the time, you know, that was not the case. I'm going to steer clear of giving any specific advice on this issue. I want you to remember if this is something that you're dealing with, only you know your relationship. More importantly, only you know the life that you want, right? I wanted to live a lifestyle of abstinent 12-step recovery. If you are looking to just like moderate or back down or like factor all that stuff in, right? Like I factored in all of my life goals and do I think this person is going to be someone that can live in alignment with my life goals? I also prayed every time about each one. I want to throw that in there. I I definitely prayed each time about what to do, but I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. I didn't get like a burning bush moment back. Like I didn't hear like, should I stay? And yes, no, like some like, you know, godly voice from the heavens. I didn't get that, but I did ask for guidance. And I'm sure that even though I didn't have some sort of like burning bush moment, I'm sure that my desire to be connected to my higher power in moments of conflict was keeping me walking the right path that was ultimately right for me because I now know with confidence that those were the right decisions, right? I can easily say that in retrospect. So I prayed, evaluated the men as I knew them to be, and, you know, made my choices. Protect yourself, though. I will tell you right now that if my husband went nuts, lost his job, was like selling and pawning my stuff and wouldn't stop and months was going by, I would make arrangements for him to leave the house. And I'm not saying I would divorce the guy, but I'd get him into detox, I'd get him into rehab, I would take further measures, and I guarantee you he would do the same thing with me. So protect yourself within the bounds that you feel comfortable with, right? Whatever protecting yourself looks like. And I want to share something that they say in Al-Anon which is if somebody is relapsing and using, we didn't cause it, we can't cure it, and we can't control it. And I think that those are important things to remember. We didn't cause it, we can't cure them, and we can't control them. And I think that's too why I stepped back and said, well, what do I think this this person is going to do? Because I can't manage this for them, right? It's not my role. I have my own life to manage. And I had to make a decision based on the evidence available, you know, so what I thought the outcome was gonna be. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Any questions about anything else, let me know. I'll see you guys next week.